A reading from Genesis 22, the first 10 verses. Sometime later, God tested Abraham. He said to him, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Then God said, take your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, and go to the region of Moriah. Sacrifice him there as a burnt offering on a mountain I will show you. Early the next morning, Abraham got up and loaded his donkey. He took with him two of his servants and his son Isaac. When he had cut enough wood for the burnt offering, he set out for the place God had told him about. On the third day, Abraham looked up and saw the place in the distance. He said to his servants, Stay here with the donkey while I and the boy go over there. We will worship, and then we will come back to you. Abraham took the wood for the burnt offering and placed it on his son Isaac, and he himself carried the fire and the knife. As the two of them went on together, Isaac spoke up and said to his father, Abraham, Father? Yes, my son, Abraham replied. The fire and wood are here, Isaac said, but where is the lamb for the burnt offering? Abraham answered, God himself will provide the lamb for the burnt offering, my son. And the two of them went on together. When they reached the place God had told him about, Abraham built an altar there and arranged the wood on it. He bound his son Isaac and laid him on the altar on top of the wood. Then he reached out his hand and took the knife to slay his son. God tested Abraham. Because the Lord does this. The Lord will provide tests. God clearly knew what he was asking Abraham to do. He lays it, pretty on, he lays it on pretty thick when he describes Isaac to Abraham. Your son, your only son, whom you love, Isaac, this is quite the test, and it seems horrible to us. God, our God, would ask someone to do this. How could you say this to Abraham, Lord? Asking a parent to give up a child, the worst fear of so many parents. And not only that, as if that wasn't bad enough, but asking Abraham to be the one to sacrifice his son, Isaac. To literally put his own son's blood on his hands. How could the Lord say this to Abraham? Isaac was the child of the promise. God promised Abraham that through Isaac would come a great nation. And Isaac didn't have any children yet. God promised Abraham that through Isaac, all nations on earth would be blessed. The Savior of the world was to come through Isaac. And now it seemed like God was turning his back on that promise with the command to Abraham to kill his son. Abraham had a lot of time to think about that. 
We get a lot of added details in this story as the anxiety builds. We hear that Abraham had to cut up the wood for the sacrifice. And as you chop up wood, you have a lot of time to think. Abraham had to travel three days to get to the place the Lord had told him about. Three days to think. Abraham had to hike up a mountain. Isaac spoke up in a heartbreaking way. My father, in your excitement to worship the Lord, did did you forget the sacrifice? No, my son. Abraham built the altar, placed the wood on top of the altar, tied up his son Isaac, placed him on top of the wood, and reached out to grab the knife. All this time, Abraham had to think. He was tempted not to listen to the word of God that told him exactly what to do. All this time, Abraham had to think and consider what kind of God his God was. Because earlier in Abraham's life, God had seemed to be Abraham's best friend. He had clearly given him so many blessings. He had brought him through so much, given him promise on top of promise. And now it seemed like God was starting to fulfill those promises by giving him the promised son, Isaac. But now it seemed like God was turning his back on his promises with this terrible command to kill his son. God had seemed to be Abraham's best friend, but now it looked like God was his enemy. Did Abraham wonder what sin it was of his that caused God to turn his back on the promise? The Lord provided Abraham with a test. The Lord will provide tests for us, too. We certainly also go through tests in our lives, and they feel horrible to us. They roll around in our heads as we wait for the next appointment, the next diagnosis. As we wonder if that job we've always been trying to get is still worth going after. As we face this situation and realize that there's nothing left to do but worry. These tests sit on our hearts as we are stuck with a feeling of disappointment that this relationship wasn't fulfilling like you thought it would be. As we are stuck with the depression of the fallout of that terrible phone call that we got and received so much support for right after it happened, but Now all that's left is sadness and loneliness. The Lord will provide tests. Maybe we rarely think of these things as tests from the Lord. But that's the thing about a test from God is that he doesn't announce it before it comes. 
If he did that with Abraham, it wouldn't have been much of a test at all. These tests force us to reveal our faith as we show what we really believe about God and his promises. These tests force us to answer the question of whether God really does still love us. Is he really our friend or is he an enemy? As we are tempted to wonder what sin it was that caused God to turn his back on me. The truth about these tests from God is that they are good. That's true. Now that doesn't mean that we should give ourselves tests. Tests come from God. We shouldn't test ourselves. If Abraham had done this without the command of the Lord, it would have been attempted murder. But tests from God are good. They show that for sure God is here to help us. Because as we look back on our lives and all the tests we've gone through, we would not have been able to get through them without the help of the Lord. This test was good for Abraham. After the test, it became clear that God really did, or that Abraham really did trust in God, that he believed the Lord. It became clear that Abraham was righteous. Now, Abraham didn't always pass the test. For one example, Abraham and Sarah got tired of waiting for the promised child, and Abraham had a child with another woman. We also don't always pass the test. We complain. How could you do this, Lord? Really? Now you're going to give this to me? We doubt God and wonder if he's really up there at all looking out for us. We despair and start to wonder which sin it was that caused God to turn his back on me. The Lord will provide tests. But we continue reading in verse 11. But the angel of the Lord called out to him from heaven, Abraham, Abraham, here I am, he replied. Do not lay a hand on the boy, he said. Do not do anything to him. Now I know that you fear God because you have not withheld from me your son, your only son. Abraham looked up, and there in a thicket he saw a ram caught by its horns. He went over and took the ram and sacrificed it as a burnt offering instead of his son. So Abraham called that place, the Lord will provide. And to this day it is said, on the mountain of the Lord, it will be provided. The Lord will provide a substitute. The angel stopped Abraham from sacrificing his son. And he gave him a ram instead to sacrifice. The relief. It was all just a test. Abraham was ready to slaughter his son, and now it would just be a ram as a burnt offering. 
Abraham could make the sacrifice. And then he could leave that mountain together with his son. And he called the name of the place, the Lord will provide. Abraham did not come out of this test with more confidence in himself and amazement at, wow, I was able to get through that. No, the Lord, or Abraham came through this test with more confidence in the Lord. He knew now more than ever that the Lord will provide. Because the Lord provided him with a substitute. God kept his promises to him. Isaac really is the promised child. A great nation really would come from Isaac. All nations on the earth would be blessed through Isaac. The Savior of the world would come through Isaac's line because God kept his promise. God kept his promise so that we would have a substitute. Jesus, our Savior, would come from Isaac's line and be the substitute we needed. Jesus would be called the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world because he would be the sacrifice that we needed for our sins. Thousands of years after Abraham sacrificed this ram on this mountain, Jesus would be sacrificed in that same region on a mountain to take away our sins. Jesus faced that same question that may have plagued Abraham. Is the Lord my enemy? But for Jesus, it was true as he hung on the cross. As God poured out his wrath on Jesus on the cross. And so while Jesus was there, he cried out, My God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And the answer? So that we would never be forsaken by our God. We deserved to be condemned. We are the ones who sinned doubted, failed the test. But Jesus faced condemnation for us. So now, as Paul said in Romans, who is he that condemns? No one. Christ Jesus already died, already took the punishment for our sins. Jesus is the substitute we needed for our death because we were on the chopping block. But God took us off and put Jesus, his son, his only son, whom he loves, there instead. And Jesus is not only the substitute for our death, he is also the substitute for our life. We heard in the gospel reading that Jesus faced every temptation from the devil and resisted. Jesus passed every test. Jesus, our substitute, passed every test. So for every test where we have complained, doubted, or despaired, the Lord doesn't look at that. Instead, he looks at our substitute, whose faith was always perfect and unwavering. 
the Lord looks at our substitute and declares us righteous, perfect in his eyes. The Lord looks at the works of our substitute Jesus and tells you that you are fit for paradise. The Lord will provide a substitute. Continue our reading in verse 15. The angel of the Lord called to Abraham from heaven a second time and said, I swear by myself, declares the Lord, that because you have done this and have not withheld your son, your only son, I will surely bless you and make your descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky and as the sand on the seashore. Your descendants will take possession of the cities of their enemies, and through your offspring all nations on earth will be blessed, because you have obeyed me. The Lord will provide promises. Abraham held on to these promises of God that God had already given him before throughout this entire test. Abraham knew that these promises of God were stronger than anything he could reason in his mind or anything that he was prepared to see with his eyes. Because Abraham knew that after he sacrificed his son and burned him up on the altar, all would be left was dust and ashes. Abraham was ready to see that. But we also hear in the book of Hebrews that Abraham reasoned that God could even raise the dead. Abraham held on to these promises of God that the Savior would come from the line of Isaac. So he knew that God would keep that promise. Abraham knew and had the faith to know that God could even raise the dust and ashes that he was about to see back to life so that the Savior would come from Isaac one way or the other. And after the test, God reaffirmed his promises to Abraham and made them even more sure if that were possible by saying, I swear by myself about his promises so that if God didn't come through, he would cease to be God. That's how sure the promises of God are. The Lord will provide promises to us too that are stronger and more sure than anything we could reason in our minds or see with our eyes. Because we know that one day we will die and turn to dust and ashes. We see it. We see that death is final. If you've ever seen a loved one in a casket, it hits you in the chest that this person is gone. This is the end. But the promises of God are more sure. And we have the promise of baptism. That we have been baptized into Christ's death. So that just as he was raised from the dead, God will raise this dust and ash from the, de from the dead. To live with him in perfection forever. This promise is true for every believer in Christ. 
God's promises are sure. And the Lord swears by himself that he will work everything out for our good. Even that tragedy, even that thing where we are tempted to ask, how could you let this happen, Lord? Sometimes we can look back afterward and see that it was true, that God did work this out for good. Sometimes we can't. But we know that it's true because God promised. The Lord swears by himself that nothing can separate us from the love of Christ that is in, from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Even when God comes to us with a test and looks like our enemy, he promised that he still loves us and he proved it by providing us with a substitute, Jesus. The Lord will provide. And whatever he provides, we know that he knows what he's doing. Even when he provides tests, remember that this is still the Lord, the same Lord who provides a substitute, Jesus, and who provides us with sure promises. The Lord will provide. Amen. Please stand.